0: Welcome back to another episode of the Next Generation Design Podcast Series. I'm your host, Jennifer Piper. The design process has many different moving parts. Think about it. When you're trying to create something new, you have a lot of thoughts going on in your head. You have a task at hand. You have your idea to fulfill said task. And you have all the versions and trails you try out along the way to get to the final product. All of this information has to be organized somehow. And where there's organization, there's usually someone doing all of the organizing.
1: I started my career in uh, in aircraft design. Graduated from Wisconsin, aircraft design for six years, and uh, then moved into more of an area that had better longevity and eventually got me into uh, the data management space and looking at managing the content that generally comes out of of design engineering. I started with products where uh, they were really pioneers in in bringing not only collaborative, but uh, integrated, bringing a fully integrated design management solution to market. And it really was the first that made transparency seamless, uh, that integration between the two. There were some opportunities in managing that information and, and upgrading those systems. And that was really where I, I started more on the software side, moving out of, you know, your traditional mechanical design and into the, uh, more of the software space. Um, and then then had the opportunity to join uh, EDS back in the time. And, and here we are today, Siemens, and made my way from presenting CAD solutions and data management into being able to be on the product management side, interacting with customers to gather requirements and looking at our future opportunities to deliver those to them.
0: That's Gary Lindsay. He's our guest on today's show. He's going to help us understand the nuts and bolts of the collaborative design management process, especially one in the technology industry. So I guess to get started, I think it would be very helpful for you to define really what collaborative design management is.
1: So maybe we break that down first and take a little bit on the side of what it means for a person, maybe in the CAD space, we start there in the design side, working to manage their information. And what is some of the benefits that we hope to gain from just the management of the information And so, typically, we hear words uh, in the day of vaulting and check-in and check-out. And the idea is, first, we need to be able to gather all the information that's used in the design process and and know where that is. So, the vaulting piece is is the first piece where someone, our management, would be able to say, "I, I know exactly where my information is. I know it's secure, and I know it's being backed up. The other capabilities that usually introduce into that conversation is, is version management and then ultimately into maybe revision management. So each time I submit a change in a file to the system, the system captures that as a version. If there's a reason to go back, I have the opportunity to go back. And then really it's it's a matter of how much space do we have to manage all of our engineering information. And hopefully that isn't the gating factor in deciding, you know, to get rid of that rich information. But maybe that's part of the life cycle as to when you purge off the old versions and and when it, it, it really really is valuable to have that information. The revision management is really around the idea as I've I'm watching the life cycle uh, of the information and we might get into a conversation then around the life cycle of product design, a new product introduction through putting it into service and then maintaining it. So ideation to production to maintained uh, really looking at that life cycle. So Revision and the ability to revise our product designs is important uh, as we look at the product life cycle. So once we have the design management kind of understood, then how do we go faster? Go faster, perhaps, by introducing additional engineers or designers to the to the product in order to hope that we can uh, segregate it and go faster. And so we need to be able to work cooperatively in the development of the product. And that's really where the system comes and, and could shine, is that, you know, is is it doing everything to, to give the folks using the system the, the feedback that they need? to know that they're working with the latest information. And in fact, if, if they're more like a simulations person, they there may be use cases where you, you want to hold on what you have to get your baseline to be evaluating the changes that are coming in the product. So it's, it's not always that I'm with the current. I certainly need to know where I am with respect to the current. And then we can we can step off and take a look at that. In today's market... Some of the collaboration is also not within the same geographic location. So another part of collaboration that we're starting to see today is the expanse and and recognition that people don't need to be co-located to be uh, successful in building products and taking them to market. So we're looking at solutions that effectively help geographically distributed design groups finish their products. And so that, that is another emerging element it has been there for a while, but we certainly see it uh, coming much more prevalent in, in the space today. It really is just the tip of the iceberg at the few of the capabilities that I've described. I'm not one who likes to take a look at a matrix of features and functions and get a checklist as to how people do this. In my view, it's it's really, does it at least have the capabilities you believe you need To step forward and then to put those into practice, you know, do a proof of concept and validate that what they're saying is in fact allowing you to go faster to meet your uh, objectives. And that really is where, in my opinion, the rubber meets the road: is it in fact enabling me to go faster? If it's not, are all the other business things that are very important to me being fulfilled as a result of them working in this system? So not always do we simply go faster than what we would have without a system like this, if you will, without a net. It really is a matter of, of the overall business benefit, not just the end user, but hopefully, you know, everybody is benefiting from, from the system and the solution.
0: Gary tells me that this kind of management isn't necessarily new. However, as the designs and technology advance, the process changes too, in order to keep up.
1: One more topic related to the design, one more value proposition for the design side is now that we've gathered all this rich information, what can we do to facilitate reuse? Thought is, is if we can find something that we've already qualified, we've, we've done simulation on, we've delivered, we've got maintenance information, warranty information on it, would it be in our better interest, in our best interest to reuse that whenever possible? Now that we've captured it, we've got it vaulted. We know that it's safe. We know that we can revise it. We know who is working with it. Can we start to disseminate this information to other people as well? So the next piece, now once we've gathered it, we're using it internally. Can then we provide it to those people that need it? when they need it. So that's the key piece. We want to be able to start to show or present particular design elements as they become available. So there might be some long lead items that need to be procured in advance of of actually being able to put it on a machine and cut it. So now we start taking a look at our interactions with downstream consumers like manufacturing. We wouldn't have a product if we couldn't build the product. Some of those benefits then come down to knowing that we have the right drawings, knowing that we've communicated those drawings to the consumers and they're working with the the correct data, perhaps even looking at tying in the shop floor to some of this rich electronic content. So we're not printing papers and so that they have a way of, of consuming that directly. Also, perhaps some tools, ideally you might think it's bad practice not to have all the information already on the drawing face, but if for some in reason they needed uh, access to information to maybe get that one extra dimension, or if they're uh, validating a coordinate measuring machine, they're validating the product, they're in inspection, that they have access to maybe some tools that, that necessarily aren't awarded with a with a piece of paper. So those those are the kinds of things that we're looking at fulfilling if we just lock it up and hold it to ourselves we've we've done a disservice we really want to look at who needs it and make sure that we're giving it to them when they need it
0: where are you seeing some of the industries adopting this technology
1: so this is not necessarily new but how does industry the changes in industry drive what we do to adapt and provide maybe something they need that they wouldn't have already had. So industry trends and adoption. So we see our designs are getting more complex and manufacturing is introducing new ways to produce parts and bring products to market. So we hear words like adaptive manufacturing. On our side, are we doing all we can to capture the design intent and be able to communicate that downstream to manufacturing? Are there other formats than the native CAD system is format that we need to manage in order to provide that downstream? So bringing CAM, our manufacturing folks that are are creating toolpath into the system early, allowing them to take changes easily would be a benefit as well. So we know parts change. And so if we can help facilitate that in their process, that would be wonderful as well. We're seeing classification systems and changes within classification to help again, maybe the findability, but may, maybe also in, in downstream or, or conveying this to, to other people. That's an important part of what we watch as well, and, and certainly one that continues to evolve. We see also opportunities perhaps in reuse around consumption of library parts or catalog parts. So these, these have been around for a long time, but can we bring those into our ecosystem and use them effectively? There's also uh, the idea that they need to be qualified, if you will, uh, cleared, that they're a, a viable component to use in your products as well. So there, there could be aspects associated with that where going out to a bureau to pick one off, albeit very easy, may not be the right process for some organizations. We also see increases in traceability. So we see a variety of things coming that way. One of the things that we like to think about, you know, as you're moving from traditional CAD vaulting to try and expand this into a more effective collaboration uh, platform is taking a look at change management. And it might be as simple as uh, workflows that introduce statuses and trying to gain a better understanding about where your parts and products are within their life cycle so that you can communicate that. Make it very easy for the consumers to understand where they are. Again, targeting the right content to the right audience at the right time. Change management might be something a little bit bigger than simply a workflow and that's a a formal process where you're capturing reasons for change and you're planning those changes. You're looking at the impacts that those changes have on the rest of the organization. and may even flow down to manufacturing, asking questions about what do we have in inventory and will this change adversely affect uh, the bottom line with respect to to inventory. So change management is a backbone to communicate change to introduce and also to put through uh, those to notify people that something is undergoing change. So also from an ordering aspect to know that we're not ordering content or ordering parts that we know that are going to be changing soon. So then also complexity, but also what we might call multidisciplinary. So we traditionally have had mechanical systems that weren't crazily smart, weren't intelligent. And now we're seeing every system now is some electromechanical system. They're introducing wiring. They're introducing electronics. And now they're introducing software and software upgrades. So we're seeing that as a growing and expanding part of what we do is our ability in the traditional mechanical design space to be able to speak and exchange content with our brethren that do ECAD. That is another big area and opportunity for collaboration. Our products, we're also looking to go faster. So we're thinking about ways that not only reuse, but can we configure those products to then offer something that is at least marketing-wise new? So can we get something out to the market that looks different, has some new features, maybe a software upgrade that does some other cool things? And can we configure those products? So you start to take a look at some of the websites. Uh, Bose is an example of one that I've went to recently. And they have the opportunity for you to uh, configure the color of your your headphones, your headset. They offer some examples. So again, as part of uh, a social network, they look and see what's trending and then offer some of these pre or not pre-configured, some of these often ordered configurations. They offer those as, well, maybe you want this or start with this and make changes. So product variations, product variants, ways to engage consumers to come and buy your products, and can we use uh, configuration and configurators to help us optimize so we can, our return uh, is as high as we can make it.
0: It makes sense, right? In order to stay efficient with the changing technology, the way we manage that technology has to change. Even though these changes come often, getting a start in collaborative design management isn't as intimidating as it might sound.
1: Today, they have so many more options about how to start than we might have had uh, even a few years ago. So we see solutions coming available where you can dip your toe and get started. And then depending upon your experience with the solutions, perhaps continue to invest and grow as they, if you will, take you, you upscale and start to introduce. So I, I don't always like you know, associating small to medium businesses with introductory type solutions. I really like to take the approach that it's the complexity of the products that they're working on that drives the requirements in this, in this area and perhaps the prioritization of those. So to get started, perhaps the first place to look is what are the cloud-based solutions offering today that might be appealing And why that first? So cloud-based solutions might give a a small customer or a customer trying to test the waters in this area a lower cost to entry solution. Part of this is there could be re-engineering required within your organization to realize this return on investment. You can't simply just drop in one of these very capable systems into existing processes and think that you're going to get 100 miles an hour From them. So there has to be the the recognition that adjustments need to be made in order to recognize the true value of the proposal. And so maybe a cloud based solution might be a way to get started. Use your traditional desktop authoring systems with a cloud complemented data management system and look at starting your vaulting. Perhaps that also helps address maybe some geographically distributed challenges that you've had, or even try to enable designers who like to go home and do more work, allow them to take their work home with them. I know that might sound not so good for some of us, but for for those that are you know really, really engaged in learning what they're doing, it could be advantage. So recognize that not all of our workforce have the same capability and enabling some of the young people or the people that are new to the technology, the opportunity to learn at their own pace could be a good thing. So cloud might be a place to start. Your desktop applications, talking to cloud-based solutions, getting you introduced to the whole idea of managing the information. And we didn't talk about it at the beginning, but certainly uh, one of the enablers folks look at is a common naming convention. We used the word classification earlier. Classification's there to provide that consistency across content that, that serves the same purpose, perhaps, and your ability to find it. But there is a naming convention uh, that could be a benefit. So maybe a non-intelligent part number, but you have some other properties that you gather that helps you with the findability. Again, facilitating reuse. So those might help you get your direction, might set the stage for you to get started and understand some of the elements that you would want to consider as you implement a solution. Once you've exhausted the capabilities that might be offered in the cloud, we can go to some uh, solutions that offer more capability, but may still be managed outside your organization. So we might think of something like a managed solution, or we we hear the term software as a service, SaaS. So now I'm still sitting at my desk using my desktop applications, and instead of talking to the cloud in maybe a cloud-based offering, I'm talking to the cloud in a, in a managed service, you know, private cloud kind of way. And now I've introduced more technology, more capability beyond what I had in my initial offering. I've moved up, if you will, and I'm, I'm starting to consume. I'm a believer in change management. I'm a believer in configuration management. And I want to start to take advantage of those capabilities, and so I, I want to move, you know, to the right and up, and I want to take advantage of these. Now, for those who feel that their content needs to be on premise, the solutions that might be offered as managed solutions are certainly available to them to install on in their uh, within their. Their organization and start to take a look at perhaps servicing geographically distributed workforces as as well. Those would be available to get started as well. The SaaS might be an interesting way to get started. Again, as some of the business benefits of not having to pay all the money up front and then a maintenance is perhaps your barrier to entry is a little lower. You can get started, you can evaluate, you can grow, and at which point you may find that that is exactly what you want and continue down the path. But that would be an opportunity as well. Perhaps there would be some opportunity if you wanted to convert that to more of a a perpetual license. But generally speaking, You know, we start to see this move from a perpetual license, something that you own, to something like a software as a service solution. You pay for that, pay for use, pay for an annual subscription, and you you continue to use that and and all of the benefits of uh, data management that could go with that.
0: I know we talked a lot about kind of the capabilities and how companies can get started and the different industry trends and adoption, but where would you see the future vision of collaborative design management going, say, five to 10 years out?
1: It's a good question. I think we'll see continued adoption of cloud solutions. We believe you'll see some more cloud native solutions coming online as well to start to facilitate uh, those who, who have embraced it. My own opinion is there, there are some who are not believers in the cloud. I think we'll see for a long time on-prem solutions, certainly for those that are in markets where they, they just can't put that kind of content in a cloud, no matter whose cloud it is, those will be there. I think what we'll see maybe more is uh, cloud hybrid solutions taking a look at ways that they can start to connect their traditional on-premise solutions with other capabilities that might be cloud-serviced or cloud-offered, and start to see interesting opportunities there as the two come together. And that might be the next opportunity to give those who, who aren't yet comfortable with you know, cloud solutions, cloud-only solutions, the opportunity to validate it, watch the market mature and move forward. The, Workforce is continuing to evolve and change. We see policies within Siemens recognizing that that is happening. The next generations, the younger generations are seeing changes in the way they work. They want to work from home. They want to work from the coffee shop. And if we enable them to just be able to work anytime and anywhere, we might as an employer see an opportunity. Certainly, they're continuing to learn. And so, if we can empower them to learn more, they bring that ideaization to the company and we get bright new ideas to help us bring new products to market. So, if we can empower our workforce to be able to work wherever they are, you know, geographically distributed also provide them tools to stay connected. We see a lot of that going on today. So we might start to see more of these social tools starting to come into our traditional brick-and-mortar type MCAD systems where we can start to do more live collaboration while we are not in the same office, not looking over the shoulder, and continue to do the mentoring that uh, we've all benefited from in our careers. It's going to be interesting, but I think we'll see a a lot of what we have today, and it'll be an interesting complement. We might also see that the adoption is going to be very much uh, industry-centric. We might see some some industries who have very unique competitive situations be adopters of technology and, and these capabilities perhaps a little faster than others.
0: If some of our listeners wanted to get more information on collaborative design management, where could they connect with you or with the Siemens team online?
1: So where where would people go to get more information? I had an example yesterday where I was asked, you know, what kind of information do you have that can tell me about the Siemens CAD systems and our ability to manage that information with your lifecycle management solutions? The information on the website is an excellent place to start your exploration and your research. And in fact, there is a collaboration link that will get you to a point where you can look at mechanical design management, interesting enough, and you can start to dive into the solutions that are offered by Siemens to manage Siemens CAD data as well as managing other CAD systems data. And you can move off from that and start to take a look at Electromechanical design, you can start to take a look at uh, the work that's being done in the multidisciplinary areas. Start to take a look at if manufacturing is an element that you want to introduce to your solution and see how those start to come in. Simulation, product simulation, uh, all very important in bringing a product to market. There are also forums, uh, communities that you can participate in. You can certainly be a more stand back and watch what happens, or you can choose the amount of participation that's comfortable for you. Uh, I like to participate in the NX design and data management. We're active there and watching the community as they start to ask questions. It is uh, an exciting time. Our product refresh is increased to be in a six-month cadence so it feels like uh, for us in product management we are always having the opportunity to talk about what we just did what benefits we believe those have and how they might introduce those uh, into their uh, solution so there is that opportunity to stay current but at least you can see what's happening and you can plan when you step in.
0: Thanks to Gary for coming on the show and talking about collaborative design management with us. And thank you for joining us today on this episode of the Next Generation Design Podcast. I'm Jennifer Piper. Siemens Digital Industries Software is driving transformation to enable a digital enterprise where engineering, manufacturing, and electronics design meet tomorrow. Our accelerator portfolio helps companies of all sizes create and leverage digital twins, which provide organizations with new insights, opportunities, and levels of automation to drive innovation. For more information on Siemens Digital Industries software products and services, visit www.sw.semens.com. Or you can also follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Siemens Digital Industries Software, where today meets tomorrow.